what I'm going to do this week, you know you get these awareness weeks and awareness month. So this is stress awareness month. For anybody out of the 8 billion human beings currently suffering on the planet that isn't aware of their stress, stress awareness month is here to remind you. So what I thought I'd do as part of stress awareness month is resilience week. And that's what the 19th to the 26th is. And those of you that are smart enough to realize that's actually eight days, but never mind. I've extended it a bit. What I'm going to do in Resilience Week is this. So I've got people that I work with. I've got the Bromley Carers, and I've just done some work for Croydon Hospital, did a class for them, and also Darrant Valley Hospital, and various other groups. And what I want to do is make a week of stress management training available to them free of charge. That means for the next few sessions, the sessions on Podbean will be public. The in-person classes remain paid. And so what I thought I'd do is I'd have a name for these seven sessions that I'm going to do, or eight, and I've called them the seven easy steps to resilience and stress management, because why not? And it's the internet. And that's what you do. That's what's known on the internet as a listicle. And so here we are. This is what the week's going to consist of. The first class today is understanding stress. And then tomorrow there'll be an article or a little podcast episode, depends what goes on. Tomorrow is understanding anxiety and uh, Thursday is understanding worry, and I'll do that on the at the 7pm online class, which you can join on Podbean. And then the following four days, I won't go through the days, are learning stress management, learning resilience, learning to relax, which is very important, and day seven, Resilience and Stress Management Toolkit. Okay, uh, I mean, these are very compressed versions of the sort of things that I teach on the 12-week course. Understanding stress, important to know what stress is and to separate it from emotion. The big problem with stress isn't that we experience stress, but there's a thing called chronic stress. And what chronic stress is, is your physiology, its, its stress management system is, is elevated. So really, when we're talking about stress, unfortunately, it's a word that's used to kind of mean everything related to all of the difficulties of life and how it's hard to cope and all of the consequences of these difficulties and so on and so on. But basically, it's actually your body's response to a challenge. So when you, you know, if you're going to climb a rock face or run somewhere or meet a difficult person or meet somebody you really like that you really want to impress, or stand up in front of a group of people to teach or, or, or to, to talk, what happens is your stress level increases. My stress level increases 
and I'm able to measure that because very, I'm very often, one of the things that I do, which a lot of you will have seen, is I use a device to measure my heart rate and coherence and so on, and I use that as an example of managing stress. And so while I'm doing that, I'm actually able to check my heart rate. And it, it's usually sort of between 65 and high 70s when I'm teaching. When I'm teaching very difficult groups, it can go quite high. I remember teaching a group of senior lawyers and it was 101. So there's an example of stress. But you see, the thing is, so I go in there, boom, 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 101, come out, breathe a big sigh of relief, relax, uh, sit down, calm down, and it's back to normal again. So that's how stress ought to operate. But what happens instead is there is a state of chronic stress which is and chronic anxiety. The stress is your system, your brain basically, getting your body ready to respond to something that, that's challenging and heart rate, blood pressure, and a lot of stress chemicals. And it also switches on and switches off a lot of systems. So this is one big switch in us, which is the stress relaxation switch. They're the opposite ends. That's why one of these classes is learning to relax, class number six. So if you can relax, you're literally switching off your stress. Um, so, yeah, it switches on and switches off a lot of systems. Just give you a couple of examples. Well, one is the immune system because we're designed for an environment where we can resolve our stressors. So the, the things that are there to frighten us and make us anxious, we can fix them because we're nomadic hunter-gatherers and we're designed to live in nature and move from one place to another. And if there's nothing else you can possibly do to resolve your anxiety, you can always move away from it. So let's say you've chosen a campsite and there are a lot of snakes. The snakes make the group anxious. And then the group says, let's get the hell out of here. Let's go up into the mountains where there are no snakes. And off they go. Or down at the beach where there aren't any snakes or whatever. Uh, but we can't do that because we're like locked into the houses and properties that we live in and so on. We've got careers and we've got friends. and uh, So it, it, we can't resolve those problems. So they hang around. So the stress hangs around, the anxiety hangs around and that triggers the stress. And then you get a situation of chronic stress. That displays itself in all sorts of ways. The most single most obvious being insomnia. Um, vast majority of the people who can't get to sleep at night or who can't get back to sleep is because their entire system is pumping full of stress chemicals. Stress chemicals are actually designed to wake you up in the morning. So there's one called cortisol, which triggers in the morning, and you get a huge spike of cortisol in the morning. It's massive. Compared to the amount of cortisol, this is like in a, in a non-stressed individual, um, assuming it would be very interesting nowadays, trying to find unstressed controls for your psychology experiments. <laughs> Good luck to those guys. Uh, maybe something else for your PhD. 
up goes the cortisol, but that's with everyone all the time. So one of the problems is, is that if you're what's known as a state of hypervigilance, where you're expecting a problem all the time because it's a problem that doesn't go away, that cortisol spike happens quite a lot and you end up with a lot of cortisol in your body and it switches off your immune system. There's a very clear evidence for a deep connection between stress and anxiety and autoimmune diseases. And the, the autoimmune diseases come, come about because of the amount of cortisol that the body produces. So the body produces this stress chemical, uh, cortisol, and it's got multiple purposes in the body, and one of them is to manage the immune system. So what you're doing is overloading the immune system with cortisol instead of it being managed on a day-to-day -day basis based on what pathogens you've encountered. Instead, it's cranked up all the time and eventually a threshold's reached, as is often the case with the body in a whole lot of areas. And then from that point on, uh, you've got a hard time dealing with the autoimmune disease. I've actually spoken to specialists in this area. They're not comfortable with that. And they're quite correctly, it, it's, it's a thing known as multifactorial, the immune system. So there are a number of different factors that determine your, your immune health. But if we look at it the other way around, and we say, okay, you've got somebody who has no stress, and you ramp up their stress are they more likely to have an autoimmune illness? And the answer is absolutely they are. So, and there's a whole load of other things that go on. So it's the body. To work with the body, we need to intervene with the body generally. You can intervene with the body by calming the mind, but calming the mind is the most difficult of the things that we can do. And even if you do have a calm mind, then along comes life. And then it's very difficult to keep a calm mind. So subsequently, all the practices that I teach to help to intervene directly in stress are all body-oriented. What we're doing is we're monitoring becoming comfortable with and familiar with our physiology and learning to change it. Now, last podcast that I did way back in the day, because I've been a little bit of a busy bee, I did a podcast on a thing called biohacking. And what biohacking is, is literally working with the body to change the state. So the psychophysiological state the brain is dealing with the complex world and it responds in a whole bundle of different ways and we want to be able to intervene in it and we can do that by using the body to do so. So I'll do some of that today. Just want to get yourselves comfortable. What I'll do is I did a, a class I think on Sunday, where I did clearing the mind. And what we did is we started off with the most useful intervention for the mind, the most intensive intervention for the mind. 
that I know of, and then a, a slightly less intensive one, and a slightly less intensive one, a slightly less intensive one. And then we found ourselves just following the breath, and so the mind's doing whatever the mind's doing. As part of your toolkit, it's useful for you to learn those practices that intervene in your physiology best, and then the next most useful, the next most useful, the next most useful. So you can work down the intensity of stress management until you're back with the body again and you're comfortable noticing how it feels. And if it, it isn't comfortable, then you move back up that scale again. You can even go right to the beginning. So right at the top of the pyramid of stress management practices that I teach is the 226 breaths. What 226 breaths is, it's backed by some quite new science in a lot of areas, and I understand how it works right the way across the board. It's a useful way to get yourself into a reasonably calm and relaxed state. It's not comfortable for everyone. If you, there's, a, there's a thing that I teach, there's a two-part in-breath, so this is the beginning of the 226 breaths is two in-breaths, counting in our head, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, and then holding it for two seconds, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, and then breathing out for six seconds, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand, six, one thousand. Some people find the two-part in-breath and the gentle hold complex. If they're just about starting, they've, they've never done it before. So you can change that and do four seconds in and six seconds out. Even some of my experienced students prefer that. And many of them have also developed their own practice. I often find myself doing three seconds in and seven seconds out. But if you actually wanted to break into your stress level and reduce it, you can do that by focusing on the breath, two parts to the in-breath, like that. So it's two breaths, one after the other, one half filling the lungs, the other one largely filling the lungs. You're not, you don't want to fill the lungs completely and you don't want to empty them completely. It's all got to be comfortable. Gentle two-second hold. Gentle out-breath. And so that's two seconds in. Gentle hold for two seconds. Six seconds out. We'll practice that for the next minute or so, a couple of minutes. So long as it's comfortable.
noticing the breath. Just allow the mind to be free and being aware of the breath, rising and falling. And a good biohack is to check our posture. Ideally, comfort first. Second to your comfort is feet flat on the floor, elbows by the side, assuming you're sitting, head balanced comfortably on top of the spine. Tongue up against the bottom teeth, the sharp part of the bottom teeth, and against the back of the top teeth. The chin mudra is placing your first finger and thumb tip very, 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 very gently in contact. That will relax your hands without you even having to do it if you maintain that pressure, very, very light pressure. Having the tongue in contact with the sharp part of the teeth relaxes the jaw. Just noticing the breath rising and falling. And bringing your attention to the space between the eyes. And then gently releasing tension on the out breath from the forehead, eyebrows, eyes and cheeks. It's almost like you're, somebody's running their fingers down your face over the forehead, eyebrows, eyes and cheeks. We're scanning down. And we're doing that as we breathe out. do this at home, what you do is you count a number of out-breaths and you do that for 10 out-breaths and then breathing in normally, breathing out, releasing tension from the mouth and lips, jaw and throat. The tongue in contact with the sharp part of the bottom teeth helps to relax the jaw. just breathing normally but you're noticing the out-breath and scanning down mouth and lips, jaw and throat.
as you breathe in, bring your attention to the point at the base of the skull. And then as you breathe out, scan down the extent of both shoulders down to where the arms are hanging. What we're doing there is scanning down the shoulder muscles. Also known as the trapezius muscle. Breathing in, bringing your attention to your wrists. And as you breathe out, scan down the hand, down the palm or the back of the hand, along the fingers, down to the fingertips. As you breathe out, so we're using the out breath, the relaxation part, the breath cycle. We're associating our awareness with the out-breath and learning to relax, basically. is relax all of these areas of the body so while we breathe in we bring our attention to the space between the eyes and as we breathe out scanning down the body eyes jaw shoulders hands down through the body down through the feet and into the floor so it's like a wave of relaxation eyes, jaw, shoulders, hands. So we've done the 226 breathing practice. We've just finished the four tens meditation. And at the end of it, the practice where we're releasing tension from the entire body as we breathe down it. I call that the relaxation response. Eyes, jaw, shoulders, 
hand. And then we want something a little bit more comprehensive. So for example, you know, you might be trying to calm down, you might be trying to relax, you might be trying to get to sleep, you might be wanting to meditate and your body feels tense. And you want to do a more complete meditation. The next one up is the de-stress meditation. Um, what we'll do is start with the hands, which is the traditional way to do it. And because we've already done the relaxation practice, you should find it reasonably easy to connect to the sensations in your hands. The feeling of the thumb and forefinger gently in contact sensation of where the hands are resting, how cool or warm the hands are, any tingling, any life in the hands. And what we're doing is the same thing that we did in the four tens scanning down from the wrist to the fingertips, just the hands. And then moving up the arms, releasing tension as we go from the forearms. From the elbows, and from the upper arms. And again, from the back and sides of the neck down to the shoulders. If your mind's busy, what you do is you can use a a statement, releasing statement, releasing the stress by saying in your mind as you breathe out, releasing, releasing, and then moving round the back of the head and the top of the head. letting go of whatever tension there might happen to be there and then down to the forehead all we're doing focusing our attention on the forehead if there are sensations there are sensations if there aren't there aren't what we're doing is we're focusing our attention on it as we breathe out doing that important relaxation association with the brain. Moving down the face, relaxing tension from the eyebrows.
then focusing on the eyes. Focusing the attention on the center of your eyeballs. And releasing the tension as you breathe out. And then moving down the face, the cheeks. The mouth and lips. Jaw. And throat. And noticing the movement of the chest and the upper back rising and falling. And the abdomen and middle back. And the belly and lower back. Checking in with the belly, the waist, and the buttocks and hips. And becoming aware of the thighs. Notice the sensation in the thighs, however the thighs feel clothing around them, sensation of the thighs against the chair. And again, breathing in normally, breathing out. And you're letting the tension out of the thighs, just letting it drift out of them. The intention of releasing in this area is to allow the pelvic girdle, the hips, to settle down, relax into the chair, because we very often carry tension in this area. Moving back around the body, releasing tension from the buttocks and hips, the lower back, the waist, and the belly. And then moving up the body, noticing the movement of the belly and the lower back. releasing tension from there and from the abdomen and the middle back 
and from the chest and upper back. And then we'll go back round again, scanning down from the base of the skull to where the arms are hanging on the shoulders and allow the weight of your arms to pull your shoulders down. Just let them do that. So you're leaving your arms hanging at the side. Moving back round the head again, back and sides of the head. the temples, the top of the head. The forehead. Eyebrows. Eyes. cheeks, the mouth and lips, all on the out breath, the jaw and throat. Yet again the shoulders. Don't be concerned if tension's found its way back in there, it's very common for them to tighten up again. Upper arms. Elbows. Forearms, and again scanning down from the wrists to the fingers, all on the out breath. Allowing your mind to be free now. We're no longer scanning the body. And just allow yourself to become aware of the sensations in the body, just how the body feels overall. If there's any comfort or discomfort, tiredness or alertness. Warmth or coolness. Notice your head balancing comfortably on the shoulders and if it isn't, if it's moved into a position where your, your muscles are holding it up and you want to move the head round.
to find the point at which the head can just balance on the spine. time what you're doing is you're allowing the body to inform you where the tension is just letting you know where it's crept in if it's crept back in and then what you do is you move your attention to that part of the body and focus on it releasing the tension as you breathe out stay there for as long as you could. could be three or four breaths could be ten doesn't matter and you're just checking in to see if the tension drifts away and then back to an awareness of the body And again, the body telling you where the tension is. So there's two ways to release tension which is one way the body stores stress. This is why relaxation is so important. Lots and lots of levels of this. One level is the stress chemicals cause us to be tense. Uh, and then the tension stays there because it's been there all the time. It's there from the time we get up to the time we go to bed at night. So it's, it's part of the cycle of worry, anxiety, stress, worry, anxiety, stress. Stress, anxiety, worry, stress, worry, anxiety. And we're breaking into it by releasing tension, which is why for many people it calms the mind. So you're just gently aware of the breath. It's a foggy, soft, gentle focus on the breath. Noticing the breath rising and falling. And then whenever there's any hint of discomfort or tension in your body, you just go to that part. It could be the neck. Could be the jaw, could be the face, the eyes, the shoulder. And just let that tightness out on the out breath.
and then back to this inner body awareness letting the body tell you where it needs attention and repeat much tension, much discomfort can be resolved by changing your posture. And always to a more balanced posture. bringing your attention to the space between the eyes and just leave it there you're aware of that place
for mine drifts away as it has a tendency to you just bring it back to the space between the eyes So now what you can do is bundle up in your mind all of the tension and if there is any discomfort or any unsatisfactoriness in your body as a whole thing. Your attention's on the space between the eyes. And as you scan down the body, you're releasing it, just letting it go, letting it drift out of the body like smoke coming out of a window or a chimney. Just scanning down the body, letting lightly any tension or discomfort or any unsatisfactoriness, any uncomfortable emotions, anything like that. Just let it all drift out of the body relax, release and then beginning you bringing your attention to the breath the coolness of the in-breath and the warmth of the out-breath the rising and falling of the chest noticing what you can smell and taste and the sensation of sitting and in your very very own time gently patiently compassionately return your attention to your surroundings a little bit like we did on Sunday we started off with the most intensive intervention practice for the body the 226 breaths because that changes quite a lot has quite a significant effect on your phys physiology I don't encourage people to do it more than a few minutes uh, two minutes is enough to get you into a good place of balance and then we went on and did the four tens meditation which is four sets of ten out breaths eyes jaw shoulders hands that's this is where most of the stress is in the body for a lot of good genetic reasons all to do with the fact that we're designed to protect ourselves from predators among other things
And then at the end of it was a, a whole body relaxation, which I call a relaxation response, where you're letting the tension out the entire body in an out breath. And then we went on to the de-stress meditation, which is a eight minute, you can get it down to eight minutes body scan. Generally, I only focus on the area between the forehead and the waist, but I do the, the hips as well because that assists. Uh, but if you wanted, you, you could just do the center line of the body from the forehead down to the waist and perhaps the hands as well. They're all of the key areas for stress for a whole lot of other reasons. And then what we did was just a, a gentle awareness of the body. And then third eye meditation, which is just an awareness of the space between the eyes, which is like a balanced focus, internal and external. We become aware of the state of the body and also everything that's around us, sounds, smells, tastes, and so on. And then you can, at any point, you can move back up, start with one of the more intense ones. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all, always downwards, eyes, jaw, shoulders, hands. The nervous system's like a Christmas tree, and the heart, the brain is like the star at the top of the Christmas tree. That's the reason that I teach relaxation, starting there and moving down to the extremities. Um, because what you're doing then is you're relaxing the, the key areas. The eye is quite important, very important, because they're actually part of the brain, part of the brain that's extended out to um, the external world. They're not a separate organ, really. And the nerves between the eyes and the brain are actually axons. That's what the brain's made out of, axons and neurons and the retina are neurons that have been converted to um, respond to light. Right, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the reason for the, the order starting at the top. Uh, you, people either start with the forehead or the hands for a big de-stress meditation. The hands because that's where there's most sensation. So if you want to connect to your physiology, then you you starting with the hands is a good place because there's a lot of sensation there. Right, so yeah, so that's an introduction to understanding stress and a handful of practices that you can use to intervene in it. Um, and hands up, little sleeps, anyone? Yeah, yeah. So, what what happens? What happens is. We're all sleep deprived, uh, so we're all sleep deprived and we're stressed. The stress is outbalancing the sleep deprivation. When we relax enough, it turns the stress off and the sleep deprivation gets to us and we all drift off. That's, uh, double espresso at 12.58 is apparently the answer to all of that. Okay then, right. So that's it for today, and back online on Thursday at 7 p.m. with, I think it's Understanding Worry, actually. And, and what I'm, I'm doing all of these from the perspective of stress management and resilience.
So it's not just worry all on its own, it's also how they all connect to each other. This was just the foundational class of the seven easy steps to stress management and resilience.